You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. The U.S. ICS Cyber Emergency Response Team reports on the Ukraine grid hack and has some advice for U.S. utilities. Don't connect your control systems to the Internet. ISIS tells Twitter and Facebook it's going to take them down from the web. Ransomware continues to flourish as both grand and petty larceny. Cyber risks remain imperfectly understood. And Apple tells the court what creation of government OS would actually entail. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, February 26, 2016. The U.S. government officially stated yesterday what everyone has unofficially believed for about a month and a half. The power grid in western Ukraine was indeed taken down by a December cyber attack. The Department of Homeland Security's Industrial Control Systems Cyber Emergency Response Team's recommendations to the electrical power industry, however, are more pointed. They offer counsel on what are surely good practices, and they also advise some substantial disconnection. For example, the report says, quote, Organizations should isolate industrial control system networks from any untrusted networks, especially the Internet. End quote. There's little doubt that black energy figured in pre-attack reconnaissance, but the malware's precise further role in the attack remains unknown and officially under study. Quote, it is suspected that black energy may have been used as an initial access vector to acquire legitimate credentials, the team writes. However, this information is still being evaluated. End quote. Washington has asked Silicon Valley to do something about extremism online, and both Twitter and Facebook have taken some small steps in that direction. ISIS has noticed. The caliphate promises retaliation in cyberspace. Addressing Mark and Jack by first name, that would be Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter's Jack Dorsey, an online message says, You announce daily that you suspended many of our accounts. And to you we say, is that all you can do? You are not in our league. If you close one account, we will take ten in return, and soon your names will be erased after we delete your sites. Allah willing, and will know that what we say is true. End quote. The missive is signed by the Sun's Caliphate Army. There's also a video suggesting the Caliphate's more customary direct physical brutality, the flames of Ansar depicting bullet-ridden images of Mark and Jack. A think piece in Technology Review wonders whether Silicon Valley really could or really would respond to Uncle Sam's call for mobilization. The answer is a qualified yes. Could if they considered ways of introducing dissenting voices from ISIS's core demographic into the narrative. Would, because to the presumed dismay of techno-libertarians, Silicon Valley's presumed aversion to working with the intelligence community seems to be eroding as the reality of the ISIS threat sinks in. At least, so thinks Technology Review. Ransomware continues its rise as the currently fashionable form of cybercrime. Students of the problem see several developments contributing to the trend. First, the availability of anonymous networks like Tor make criminals think they can get away with it. 
but one notes that the apparent success of the feds in getting researchers under subpoena to de-anonymize Tor users might give the gangs pause if they're paying attention. Second, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin induce hoods to think they'll actually be able to get paid without getting caught. And third, the growing Internet of Things has expanded the available attack surface, and many newly networked devices are neither designed for nor installed with security in mind. Many law enforcement agencies, including the FBI, are working the problem and offering advice. Companies like Kaspersky and Emsisoft have released free decryption tools for specific strands of ransomware, a public service for which they deserve commendation. We'll say it. Thanks. But the best defense remains anticipatory. Back up your files. Cyber risk management concerns filter up to corporate boards and C-suites. CEOs in particular are acknowledging that they're a bit at sea with respect to understanding cyber risk. A look at the report Independent Security Evaluators released this week provides evidence that compliance may be clouding healthcare enterprises' view of the threat. SwissRay's departing leader warns that the insurance industry itself, which should certainly be expert in risk management, still has trouble assessing cyber risk. In fact, the insurance sector should probably view cyber as at least as much risk as underwriting opportunity. Everyone, it seems, has an opinion about the Apple-FBI dispute. The most interesting development at week's end is Apple's explaining to the court exactly what would be involved in creating for the FBI what Apple is tendentiously but probably fairly calling government OS. It's not trivial and it's not likely to be a one-off either. Studies of public opinion show mixed results over how much people really do value their online privacy. It's worth recalling that both business and governments collect vast amounts of information. We spoke with Johns Hopkins University's Joe Kerrigan about public and private data collection, and we'll hear from him after the break. Finally, Jacksonville State University is investigating and has also referred to law enforcement a case in which a student may have stolen credentials to hack into university records. Think of it as registering for a class, although in this case that would be a Class B felony. A note to our listeners, we'll be at RSA next week covering the conference and special issues and podcasts. If you're going to be there, drop by booth 1145 in the South Hall and say hello. But act quickly. While supplies last, we'll give you a swell pen. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. 
Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins Information Security Institute. They're one of our academic and research partners. Joe, it seems like these days there are lots of different uh, organizations who are collecting our data. The government collects our data. Uh, private companies collect our data. But those are very different things. And in your opinion, they're not the same. Right. And this is, let me be clear, this is my opinion. There's a lot of talk around corporations collecting your information. That doesn't concern me as much as government entities collecting your information and your activity, cell phone logs and, and things of that nature. When a company's collecting my, my behavior online, I know what their goal is. Their goal is to sell me something. Mm-hmm. Their goal is to, is to tell me about a product that, that's available that I'm, they think I might be interested in. And sometimes that becomes kind of a nuisance. Uh, my favorite example of this is at some point in time, I was uh, looking at my my mail. I have a Yahoo Mail account, and there were ads on the side of that for Depends undergarments. And <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. thinking, <laughs> you'd slipped into some uh, demographic yes. unknowingly. Why Why is it that you think I need Depends? Well, um, there was, the, but remember, there was that case with Target where Target had figured out that a that a young, uh, I believe it was a teenage girl who was pregnant, yeah, uh, started sending her uh, coupons for for baby stuff, and her parents didn't know that she was expecting. Correct. Correct. And, you know, while my stories are humorous, this, that one's not so much. Those kind of events are where you have adverse effects like this are kind of few and far between. Some people would argue they're unacceptable, and I, I would say their arguments are not invalid. Uh, I would also say that perhaps I, I, I don't really agree with them. Okay. My, my concern, however, is much more with, with governments collecting the data. Something that companies never do is they never kick open doors and, and go into a house and round people up and take them away never to be seen again. Governments have a history of doing that kind of thing. Uh, and that's what makes me nervous. And I, I'm trying not to sound like a guy with a tinfoil hat on. Right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I trust a government a lot less than I would trust uh, a corporation simply because of the amount of power that they wield. So how does someone go about limiting the amount of data that's available for the government to gather from them? There's a couple things they can do. Uh, first, you could get a web proxy service that anonymizes your internet traffic without costing a lot of, uh, a lot of speed. And you can shop around online for them and there are lots of articles that tell you which ones are the best and which ones keep the records and which ones don't. As far as cell phone records go, you have to go to a more extreme measure where you're using what they call burner phones. These are phones that you buy at the store for cash, and then you buy time on these phones for cash, uh, or you just repeatedly uh, throw the phones away. However, that makes it kind of hard for people to get in touch with you. <laughs> right. I mean, that's something we're kind of captive with. We have these these phones now that we carry around that track a lot of information about us. Obviously, on the individual level, we're limited in what we can do, but but it really is one of those things I think as a society we have to keep our eye on. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's really not you can, not a lot you can do, particularly with the phone records, you know, without going to extreme measures uh, that, that become very inconvenient, actually. All right. Well, sleep well tonight, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Kerrigan from Johns Hopkins Information Security Institute. Thanks again for joining us. It's my pleasure. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. 
Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now.